0: Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Eurowatch. Money FM 89.3, good afternoon. It's the evening runway. Let's take a look at headlines from around the European region. NATO foreign ministers gathering in Brussels this week, their first since the Vilnius summit in the summer. A lot to discuss, despite all the vocal reinsurances of support. For kiev both uh, Brussels and Washington are struggling to keep their word. Some European leaders say the U.S. deadlock means that they'll have to shoulder a larger share of cost as far as helping to defend Ukraine is concerned. Now, on top of that, uh, EU unity on Ukraine is simultaneously being undermined. You see, there's disappointment over Ukraine's counteroffensive and leaders' attention shifting to the Middle East, as expected. Let's get more analysis on this. Uh, on the line with me is Cherubin Esterovic, who is professor of geopolitics Essex business school asia pacific professor good afternoon how are you
1: good afternoon elliot i'm fine it's raining now in singapore
0: i'm fine <laughs> okay stay, <laughs> stay dry okay my friend all right uh let's talk about the uh, meeting in brussels a two-day meeting in fact uh high on the agenda of course the ongoing war in ukraine um, you might forget that that's still happening uh, because of the news uh being put on the middle east professor your thoughts
1: on what was discussed did they achieve anything So I don't think that they will achieve much because there is some kind of fatigue happening in many countries. And they're a little bit disappointed by the outcome of the counteroffensive, which has been launched last summer. So we don't expect very much, but American Secretary of State Blinken is there. And he repeatedly says that he will find a way how to help Ukraine. But any time when you say we will help, we will help, it means that there is something hiding here. Because otherwise uh, you don't need to tell all the time that you have to help Ukraine. But, you know, the,
0: the as far as the support or the narrative on the conflict uh, between Russia and Ukraine, it seems to be waning off because of the Middle East. And you get the sense that world leaders are struggling to sort of balance, to give attention to both sides.
1: Yeah, definitely, because the attention is going to the Middle East the european countries uh, and especially the united states is very much concerned with that so automatically the uh, the news the operators the uh, armies they are all looking at that so definitely the the question of ukraine is mm. com- becoming a second rate news yeah. uh, compared to what is happening there yeah, Professor. There's
0: also pressure for Turkey to sign off on Sweden's NATO membership bid. What do we understand on this? Uh, what's the timetable looking like here?
1: So the timetable is that the uh, the foreign minister of Turkey, who is present in Brussels, he has indicated that uh, they will give their approval in a matter of weeks. Okay. So it's not matter of uh, years; it is in the matter of weeks. How many weeks? Nobody knows. I think that even in Turkey, they don't know. But uh, this is the timeline that we have so far.
0: There's no reason or cause to delay uh,
1: Sweden's NATO bid, right? I don't think so because they have obtained already from Sweden practically everything that they wanted uh, concerning the rebels uh, from Turkey who are hiding in Sweden and also concerning the arms. Uh, by Norway and the other countries. So I don't see very much reasons how to delay, except in matters of negotiation in order Ah. to get something incremental. Okay, okay.
0: Professor, Finland has uh, closed the last crossing on its long Russian border, prompting the Kremlin to condemn, calling it absolutely redundant measure. And this after Helsinki accused Russia of channeling asylum seekers towards Finland. Uh, We're talking about some 900 seekers crossing the border this month. Finland isn't the only country to be worried about such asylum seekers. In fact, this has been ongoing since the start of the war.
1: Yeah, because this border is a very long border, yeah. as we have indicated. The things that don't, they know how to deal with the Russians, they have been, <laughs> done so for centuries now. Yeah. So the border is not posing a problem for them. And, and even 900 people is nothing compared to the total number of immigrants coming to Europe. I think it's more symbolic. In order to tell the Russians, we close everything, now you live like in a prison. But I don't think that it will be extremely, extremely uh, important for both sides, because it is a very long border, so they can cross at another place. They don't need to go to the border in order to do so. So I don't think it's a big thing, unless, unless it is a message that they want to send to the Russians, we close everything.
0: Mm. But, Professor, the Kremlin is denying any foul play. I mean, how, how much credibility? Okay, of course, as you say. Of course. So, course, what, so what, what do you did think? you expect? <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> what do you anticipate they will react following this?
1: I don't think that there would be a reaction because we talk about immigrants, we don't talk about uh, Russian um, citizens, we don't talk about uh, European citizens, so I don't think that it will be a big uh, stuff. Uh, In the past, uh, they used to bring them even northern, that is on the border with Norway. Yeah so it was even much more difficult for the immigrants to go there and I think that these immigrants they don't want to stay in Finland they want to go to some other countries such as UK such as okay. Germany yeah. so even for Finland it should not be a big problem but I I figure out that it is only a message that they want to send to the Russians.
0: Yeah, apparently some reports saying that the officials from Russia telling asylum seekers to head towards Norway, Estonia, Lithuania. Okay, when's the EU going to get involved then? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. So this is always the same story, which is coming from Russia to say that the other countries are closing the borders. Mm. We cannot close everything, but at the same time, they're closing them a little bit. So um, it's not a. I don't see that it is a big, big problem for Russia or even for Finland.
0: Okay, let's uh, turn our attention to the UK then. Uh, A a bit of a a row over 2,500-year-old Parthenon marbles uh, raising fresh fears over fraught UK-EU relations. In fact, uh, there's been a bit of a social media storm in Greece and internationally. Professor, let's talk about this dispute, why it's so significant for both sides.
1: Well, so for both sides, it is an important thing because from the UK side, as you know, in the British Museum, we have many artefacts. Yeah. Uh, they don't come only from Greece. They can come from Turkey. They can come from India. They mm. can come from many other countries. So I think that for them, it is like a precedent. So It okay. is a jurisprudence thing. They give this back to Greece. They have to give the, the whole British Museum to all the other countries. So there are many demands uh, coming from other countries also to get their riches back uh, to their own country. So I think that this is the reason why British Museum and the uh, UK uh, government, they don't want to give it. Of course, they're using uh, excuses. So one excuse is that they have acquired them legally. Yeah. Greece did not exist at that time, etc. But I do believe that it is just the first step. If they accept this one, they have to give everything. So this is what they don't want to do.
0: I mean, Rishi Sunak, the prime minister is probably going, I don't need this headache because the UK is still trying to deal with the whole
1: cost of living crisis. Yes, yes, yes. They have uh, much more problems. So why should they care about this one? However, there could be some kind of international pressure because uh, uh, from the Greek side, they accuse them of stealing them, which is Mm. uh, maybe the case. So they um, cannot uh, get out of it easily uh, because we have seen that uh, all other countries, they may have a completely different point of view, what is happening in the UK. And we don't have many cases uh, like this in the world, apart from the British Museum. Of course, we can go to the Louvre in France because mm. they also have uh, plenty of uh, Greek or, um, let's say, Egyptian sculptures or artifacts. So this can also uh, be um, a problem for the Louvre or for the other big museums in the world. So it is not, I would say, a small thing because it can have uh, resonance, and reverberations also to the other countries.
0: Fair enough. Okay, I've been speaking with Cherubin Estorvik who is Professor of Geopolitics, Essex Business School, Asia-Pacific. Professor, uh, thank you for your time. Take care. Thank you. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app.